The framework of business is completely different in the new normal. To explore culture as the strategy, we have to look in places we haven't before. Looking into company culture from the C-suite to employees and from Fortune 500 to startups. It's time to understand the human side of company culture and the new shape it is taking. This is the conversation on Culture Factor 2.0, and I'm your host, Holly Shannon. I'm really excited to share this with my Culture Factor 2.0 community. I've published Zero to Podcast. It was a book that I built to start my podcast, and I created it for myself just so that I could make other podcasts down the road. And then I realized that it's not just for me, it's for anyone looking to try podcasting for personal or professional reasons. So I'm also really excited to tell you that it already hit the top 10 in three best-selling categories on Amazon and number one in hot new releases in two categories. And even more exciting, the University of Chicago now carries it in their bookstore. So go buy your copy and get started. Zero to Podcast will be in the show note. I'll leave a link there. Or you could go to hollyshannon.com and you could buy the book and get any help you need building it for you or your company. Now on to our show. If you're working with a difficult colleague, plagued with the worst of office politics, silos, and turf wars, feeling isolated or disconnected from your team and organization, then listen up. Morag Barrett, the CEO and founder of Sky Team, has supported the development of more than 15,000 leaders from 20 countries and on six continents. So she's here today to share her insights into the critical skill we all need right now, which is relationship building. She's the author of Cultivate, The Power of Winning Relationships, the playbook on how to diagnose the health of your professional relationships and the steps you can take to not only be an ally, but also to invest in your relationships at work. She's contributed to entrepreneur.com and CIO.com and has been featured in Business Insider and Forbes, among others. Morag was recently listed by PeopleHum among the 100 most influential thought leaders to follow in 2021. Wow. <laughs> so she is joining us today um, as the people expert, mother of three, and neat fact, a ballroom dancer. So welcome to Culture Factor, Morag Barrett. That's quite the intro here for everybody because you are a rock star. Well, Holly, thank you. I, I think I'm exhausted from listening to the intro, but it's all true. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you need to wear it proudly. I think a lot of people um, shy away from um, having their accolades extolled to the, to people like I I think you should be really proud of it, especially, and uh, let me put an exclamation point on that, especially as a female leader. I think that um, it's really important, and it was part of my manifesto when I started Culture Factor that 50% of the voices would be female because um, women cannot see themselves as leaders if they do not hear themselves and other leaders. So thank you for breaking ground for me here. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> so let's get started. Um, you spoke of relationships, so let's dig right in there. Do you really need to care about our, do we really need to care about our relationships at work? Well, I think the answer is heck yes. Uh, because in my 30 year career, I've realized you cannot be successful in business or in life unless we are successful in cultivating winning relationships. 
And unfortunately, I didn't know that when I first started in my career. And when I left high school, I went into banking and I remember building strong relationships with the people working in the branch, that first team that I was part of. And then when I moved and got promoted to the next branch, you know, you'd make new friends, new colleagues. And I kind of moved on from the people I'd started with. Well, that is a naive mistake that thankfully I came to realize quite early on, but it's a mistake that many of us make and investing in our relationships, especially now as we're navigating the pandemic is even more critical. I agree. I think the new, um, I believe that the hashtag of 2021 is community. And Mm -hmm. I think that we are all focused on less about B to B, B to C, D to C, and all of those lovely acronyms. I think now it's human to human. So, yeah. So, um, in your book um, and and in your work uh, with leadership, you speak of the four yeses. What are those? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Holly. So, the four yeses are four questions that we are asking ourselves consciously or subconsciously in every interaction not just professional relationships, but especially in our professional relationships at work. And the four questions are, can I count on you? Can I depend on you? Do I care about you? And do I trust you? And the first two in my banking career were when many relationships started and stopped at work. Can I count on you to do your stuff, get your work done and get it on to me so I can get my stuff done? Reactive. Can I depend on you is the proactive side of the relationship. Can I depend on you to spot the error in the Excel spreadsheet and to fix it? Can I depend on you to give me feedback I need to hear, not just what I want to hear? And as I said, in my banking career, many relationships start and stopped there. You do your bit, Holly, I'll do mine and we'll be okay. But okay isn't enough in the fast pace of change that we're experiencing in the 21st century. We also need to get to yes to the other two questions. Do I care about you and do I trust you? And do I care about you is not a group hug, trustful sort of way. It's do I care about your success as much as I do my own? Am I willing to lend you that A-star rock player on my team because it's the right thing for their career or the right thing for the project? Or do I hoard information? Do I hoard talent because it's all about me and all about my team? And so the four yeses, if you think about it, when we were working in 3D and seeing each other in the office, they may be an easy yes, they may be a hard won yes, but chances are we were nurturing that relationship at every water cooler conversation, every meeting that we were in together. But now you fast forward here a year later and we're all working from home or many of us are working from home or in distributed teams. And those four yeses are a very different picture because can you count on me? Well, I'm working on a kitchen table and I don't have access to all the software systems at the office that I used to have. Can you depend on me? Well, no, not really, because I may have three teenage children that need help logging into school, etc., or supervising. And do I care about you or do you care about me? Well, how would I know? The only time you call me on a Zoom is when you want something. And therefore, do I trust you? Hmm. So a year ago, those four yeses may now, a year later, have turned into at best four maybes or at worst four no's. And that's why we need to all be paying attention to the quality of our relationships and how business gets done, not just the work that's right in front of our nose or on our to-do list. 
That is so succinct. I love that. Um, you know, it, it brings me to um, a saying that I say often, and it's it's part of the uh, care question that, um, and a lot of people use this, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think the trick in, in that saying or, or the magic, not the trick is that as a team, whether it's 2d or 3d, that it needs to be a rising tide lifts all boats. And occasionally I will be the boat that needs to be Mm -hmm. lifted, but more often than not, I will probably be the tide. And I, and I think we need to understand that sometimes we're just part of the, of making everything work and we're part of the tide of working hard and meeting, you know, that, uh, all the KPIs and so forth. But occasionally you have to be able to reach out and say, I'm, Hey, I'm the boat and I need a, and I need the lift now. I need a collective lift. So I really, uh, love that about your, your, uh, four yeses, um, in your book, Cultivate, you share a new concept called relationship ecosystem. What does that mean? Well, again, um, when things are going well, it's easy to be a good colleague. It's easy to have fun at work. The true test of any leader, any team, any organization is what do we do when the crisis hits? And of course, 2020 ended up being the ultimate leadership crucible, and it's now turning into 2021 and the ultimate relationship crucible. And how do we pull together in those times of uncertainty where emotions are raised, opinions differ, and there is no one clear answer? And so in the relationship ecosystem, I created a new model to think about the health of our professional relationships one that moves away from finger pointing and blame and the intent is empowers us to take responsibility and action and so in it i describe four relationship dynamics and my hope is that we all have at least one ally at work a best friend at work that's an unconditional relationship focused on mutual success so an ally is the person that has your back on the good days and the tough days give me the kick in the pants when I need it, but also gives me the tough feedback and and the um, candid feedback I need in order to be successful. They're possibly the first person I turn to in a time of uncertainty or the first person I turn to to celebrate a success. And for the people listening to the podcast, they're probably your colleagues that you would jump at the chance to work with again. And think about what made those people special, the people that come to mind that you would jump at the chance to work with again. And what is it that makes them special? Well, it isn't just that they were smart and knew their technical skills. I think that they will also have demonstrated that they cared about you as a human being. They knew a little bit about your home life and your backstory. Again, they coached and, and they were fun to be around. So that's the ally. As I move around the relationship ecosystem, a supporter looks and feels like an ally. I describe them as insidious in the book because on the surface, they're great to be around, but it's underneath that it's actually toxic because in those times of crisis, unlike an ally who's going to step up with you, a supporter is going to be like crickets. They're not going to put their head over the parapet and take risks. And you may find yourself alone and vulnerable at that most exposed time in your career. 
And then the final two dynamics, they're on what I call the dark side. Arrival is a little bit more elbow jockeying, a little bit more competition, maybe competition for promotion time with your boss or budget. But it's the Jekyll and Hyde nature of the relationship. When it suits them, they're all for you. But when it doesn't, they're against you. And in the short term, that raises our game because we prepare and we analyze and we anticipate. But long term, it tends to result in stress and burnout. And then the fourth and most toxic of all the relationships is the adversary. Unconditional in what you see is what you get. It's the relationship where it always feels like you're butting heads and it really just drains you of your energy and enthusiasm and engagement for work. So that's the relationship ecosystem for relationship dynamics that we might experience in the workplace. But my message is you're not a victim. We've helped create that portfolio of relationships through action or inaction. I love that. Um, so you've created this portfolio. Um, what would you do? What would so okay? So, I believe that 2021 has pushed because it has pushed people in a, of course, in a lot of different directions. There's an emerging leadership that's happening. So, how would somebody who is adapting well actually to the stress and the pressure and right becoming a rising star or innovating or or giving to the company? Um, a different playbook of themselves. How does that fall into that relationship ecosystem? Like, will those, will they find maybe supporters or those people that were toxic will maybe jump over to their side because they see them as a rising star? And should they be uh, weary of them? Or is this an opportunity to sort of grow their relationship ecosystem, like make it healthier? What, what do you think there? Oh, I love that question, Holly. It was funny, I was, I was coaching a leader last week who was asking similar questions about his own network. And so my first step here is for the people listening to this conversation is to think about what you're, what you're tasked to achieve personally and professionally in the next three to six months. So what goals have you set for yourself? What goals have, has your organization set for you? And then think about the three to five people who can directly help or hinder you in achieving those goals. And those, for me, are your critical stakeholders where you need to be investing additional care and attention in nurturing that relationship, especially now that we're all working in this little three by five virtual box. And then you can reflect on, well, how would you describe the health of the relationship today? Is it generally supportive? Is it positive? Um, is it giving you the challenge that you need? Because you still get competition with an ally relationship, but it's healthy competition. Like you said, it's all the rising tide raises all boats. It isn't that it's going to swamp one so that I can get um, the highest rise. So if it's generally positive, then great. The tactics you might approach there is just continuing to make deposits, you know, calling me just to see how I'm doing, calling me to ask what you can do to help me to be successful, because it's a give and take relationship is what makes an ally relationship so powerful. Now, if on the other hand, if you're looking at those three to five relationships that you or people that you've identified and you're recognizing that they're a little tense or perhaps you haven't spoken to somebody on that list in the last two or three weeks, then there's a sign that you need to take action today before that sense of connection is lost and you become disconnected. 
So relationships, they're either built or damaged one conversation at a time. And so what I'm encouraging and coaching leaders to do is communication, especially in a 2D world, is even more important. Consistency and transparency. So in your meetings, make time for the small talk. Make time to find out how am I doing? Because even your rock stars have a breaking point. And there've been numerous articles talking about stress and anxiety and how those levels are going up for everybody. And I know personally, you describe me as a rock star in the opening. And I know 2021, the first few weeks have been exhausting. It feels like I'm working through cotton wool and I know I'm not alone. So as leaders, as we're thinking about wherever you are in your career, wherever you are in your organization, first step, identify the goals you've set for yourself or have been set. Identify the three to five people who can help or hinder you. And then take a moment to pause and reflect on the health of that relationship. And then choose to go first. Pick up the phone. Um, spend some time replacing what would happen at the water cooler, what would happen at lunch, what would happen with walking to the station or going for drinks after work. However you nurtured your network when you were in the office, we need to be proactive in thinking about how we do that differently, but maintain those conversations when we're working in a distributed environment. I agree. It's a great plan. I like that. Um, I think you just have to lean in harder, harder than you did before. Yeah. And especially if you see yourself as emerging as a leader, like I think you need to embrace the new you and and what your goals are and and maybe double down on that relationship uh, yeah, ecosystem. Yeah, and especially as an emerging leader, it's a peer today, boss tomorrow. And isn't it easier to sit down with a team where you already have a sense of connection with at least one person on that team? And I've learned through my career, whether it's giving a keynote and thinking I'm about to walk into a room of 500 or 1,000 people and, oh, my goodness, you know, strangers. And I still get nerves when I'm delivering these big event speeches. But the number of times I've gone to a new city or a new location, walked into what I thought was a room full of strangers and had one or two people come up and say, hey, do you remember me from X, Y and Z, wherever it was our paths crossed? And now the stress in giving a keynote presentation goes down because it's now 498 strangers and two friends that I'm reconnecting with. So forget the old adage of six degrees of separation or six degrees of Kevin Bacon, whichever game you want to play. In the modern world, with LinkedIn especially, think about it, we're two degrees. You're just two degrees away from that next opportunity or that next connection that can help you to realize your dreams. Mm, well said. So uh, let's let's just get a, maybe a, a little more granular. So how do we get started in cultivating winning relationships, um, especially in the current work from home environment? What are some other tools you might give people? Because it's not just for emerging leaders, it's for the whole workforce that could really um, get value from that answer. Well, why don't we share what are a couple of things that you've been doing to remain connected with people in your network? You know, I have been um, leaning in on what my strength is, and that is the voice. Um, I think that first and foremost, um, I, I love to connect other people. So very often I will try to either leave voice messages, um, I will um, make 
e connections for people that I think mm-hmm. must meet each other. Um, I'm very proactive in that in that way. Um, so personally, that's what I've been doing. And I, and I understand like some people are more introverted and the voice doesn't work, but you know, and, and typing an email or whatever is better, but I, I, they're kind of the same. We just use like what inherently feels more comfortable. And I love that example. And even leaving a voicemail, not even connecting with me in real time, when I pick up that voicemail and I hear your voice and I hear the chirpy message, that is still a deposit into the relationship bank account. And my colleague Eric Spencer wrote a great article, 2515 was his method that he uses for managing his network. And I'm using and have adapted it for how I'm staying connected with my global network uh, in these current times. So 2515, and if I use your example, um, two stands for two phone calls a day, not just the work ones, but just two voice messages, two people I haven't spoken to, whoever comes to mind, try and get in touch with them. So two a day. Five, I've got into the habit of writing five handwritten cards. So again, emails count, text messages count, but a handwritten card received in the mail, that makes a huge difference. So again, friends and family where I still have a mailing address, five cards a week is what I'm trying to send out just to say, hey, I'm thinking of you and bring a little joy with the the image. And then the 15 part is in whatever time period you're applying the 2515, so I'm doing it each week, is a total of 15 contacts. Now remember, I've got five cards and two phone calls, so that's already seven of my 15 done. So now it's just eight. And I love LinkedIn as my professional networking and contact um, platform of choice. So whether it's sharing articles and then responding to the comments, that's me. Um, It's celebrating when people announce that they've got a promotion or they're moving. I'll write a personal comment just to wish them ongoing success. So whatever works, it can be, to your point, the voice. It can be email, it can be text, it can be um, snail mail and cards. The key here is we need to be intentional and continue to reach out to people, checking in on how they're doing, not just what are they doing, and especially before we need to ask for something in return. I think that's such a tangible formula. I love the um the two, the two, five and 15, as I said, sorry. Yeah. I think that's very tangible because it's really only asking you maybe a couple of times a week or three times a week to achieve that. Um, and I, I think that we're all looking for tactical ways to make something happen. And so you spell it out really nicely. Thank you. So, Morag, as we come to the close of this interview, I want to just tap in and see if there is something that I have not asked you. Is, is there something that you want to share that I'm not asking you? Because I want to make sure that, because you have so many great tools, is there anything else that you would want to share with the listeners? Only that this can be misinterpreted as being soft and fluffy. But what I've learned in my career, whether it's in commercial finance, lending millions of pounds to different companies, or whether it was in my corporate career when I was one of those emerging leaders, or now in the last 14 years working with leaders around the world, here's what I know. There is no business, there is no service, there is no widget that we can manufacture that cannot be undermined by a lack of investment in our relationships. 
And so it's the soft skills that enable us to deliver the hard results. And it's not, a, it's not an HR initiative. It's not a training course. This is a personal imperative and that you need to choose to go first. And I guarantee if you start making these contacts, whether it's outreaching to your network, whether it's in every meeting you're hosting, just checking in and saying, how are you doing? What's one thing I can do to help you or me or us to succeed? I guarantee you will see a strengthening in your relationships and you will nurture that sense of team and a sense of connection that is sorely lacking when we are all working remotely out of our bedrooms or at our kitchen counters and at a distance. That is so great. I, I agree. I think um, EQ, emotional and empathetic quotient, I, I kind mm-hmm. of changed that a little bit. Sorry, Brene Brown or whoever decided to call it that, but um, is definitely the support beam of uh, 2021. So, so thank you. And I will uh, leave in the show notes where everybody can reach you on LinkedIn, your favorite place, um, as well as your team, if they want uh, some, some help in this area and uh, a link to your book as well. So we'll get everybody all set up to be able to find you. And I want to thank you, Marag. This was amazing. And I think that everyone who is listening um, has gained a lot from your insights. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, Holly. I am your ally and I look forward to ongoing conversations. I, I will be there for you too. Thank you.